Welcome back to Live 100 Podcast. This is Rosie, and you're listening to my guest playing one of her favorite songs. So let's get to know more about my friend Cody. I met her a few years ago, and we have so much in common. We like music, we like to travel, and we love soccer. And she is here today telling us about her experiences, from performing live to her travel in Europe, and one of the most significant memories as she played soccer competitively during her college years. She was able to attend the 2019 Women World Cup Championship game in France. A long time dream for her. So let's go on a journey and find out how we can make these experiences budget friendly and memorable. So, Cody, welcome to the show. Rosie, so thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be here with you. I've been waiting for you to come to the show because you are one of those persons that I just love to talk to. I remember when I first met you and I saw you one day with a guitar and I asked you, do you play? And you said yes. And that's how we start talking. Tell me about your love of music and why you decided on that instrument, the guitar. I've been a huge fan of music for most of my life. My parents are both really into music, and I always grew up listening to whatever they listened to. And then I spent most of my life growing up in Austin, which everybody knows is a huge music city. So we went to a lot of live shows, and we've gotten to meet a few musicians around here. And then I was living in San Diego for a few years, and I also went to tons of live music shows there. And I've just always loved music and pretty much any kind of music all across the board, any genre. I just love all of it. And when I was a kid, I played a little bit of guitar. I took guitar lessons when I was in elementary school for mm. about a year. Then soccer kind of took over my life and I just didn't have time for it anymore. As I got older, I was, okay, well, I need a hobby. Why don't you start taking guitar lessons again? And I found a great guitar teacher here in Austin, Jake Barr, who I've been working with for almost four years now. He's so great. And I've learned so much in those four years. And I absolutely love it. I love practicing and learning new songs and we get to perform the songs for our little guitar group that he teaches. And I've just absolutely loved learning that instrument. And I love to see you because you invited me to one of your performing yes. groups and I loved it. It's the talent, the creativity, the group itself, the environment, everybody is so involved in creating music and getting out of the comfort zone. Tell me if that's something that you have to do during your performance or does it make you nervous at all? Doing something like that takes me way out of my comfort zone, which is always a good thing. I remember the first time I went and Jake finally convinced me to go in and do one of their performance classes. My hands were shaking and they still do that sometimes, not as much anymore. Several years later, he convinced me to start singing and playing at the same time. I'm not a singer. I've never claimed to be a singer. <laughs> and so we've really had to work on that because you can tell, like, I can hear it, your voice shake. And so that's something we've really had to work on. But it's definitely taken me way out of my comfort zone. And it's so funny because so many people in our guitar circle, they're all in the same boat. Some of them are musicians and they do that for part of their living. But most of us, we play guitar for a hobby. We're not used to performing in front of people. So it's fun to see all these different mix of people and their different experiences, skill levels, 
all just trying to perform a song for each other. And it's really fun to do. That is so important because how many of us would like to do something, but just because it's out of our comfort zone, we don't. So I say, we need to invest in doing things. Let's see how it goes. Let's right. try. And then the first time and you're so nervous, but you did it. And you're like, it's not as bad as I thought. I kind of enjoy it. And then you keep going and going. Next thing you know, you're writing songs, playing different type of guitars. So mm -hmm. it has been how long? Four years now since you started this journey? Four years. I started with one acoustic guitar mm -hmm. that I found in a store. Since then, gotten one electric guitar. And then very recently, and I've told you about this, I have a small travel guitar that has a really cool piece of art on the front, which I love. I'm becoming one of those guitar hoarders now. Whenever I see <laughs> one that I like, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get that and I'll get this one. I have a nice little collection going now, four years into it. Which is a good thing because that means that you need to continue your creativity so you have music to play in each one of them. This is my guitar for this particular type of song and mm -hmm. this is my guitar for this other song and that's how it works. Podcasting is the same thing. You just have to get out of your comfort zone and do something for the love of, in your case of music, me, the love of sharing experiences. For a person thinking about, I think I'm going to give it a try. What would you say to them at this point? If you're even thinking about it, I say just do it, especially for me, because it's a really good stress reliever, such a huge departure from like my job and things that take up most of my weekdays. It's so different. And I think just music in general, people really retreat to that for any kind of emotion they're feeling at the time really helped me calm down in moments of high stress. And it's such a distraction that I need sometimes to just have something completely different and just immerse yourself in the practice of it learning to sing and play and working on vocals and different guitar skills, trying to improve those as time goes on. Playing guitar has been one of the best decisions I've made in the past several years. And not to mention the creativity that brings to you things that you probably mm -hmm. didn't even know that you had in you. What would be a good thing to keep in mind when you're trying to start something like this? I would say, especially if you're just starting out, and one thing that my guitar teacher does that I really like is he invites new students to these classes that we do, the live performances. Some of them are willing to dive right in, which I'm always so impressed with. We've had a couple of people come in and Jake's like, oh, so-and-so started this week and they're going to go ahead and play a song. And we're all, what? Like, wow. they're already willing to do this? <laughs> um, and I'm always so impressed. Yes. But even just watching, I think with groups like this, everybody's so supportive and collaborative and everybody always has questions like, oh, why did you choose this song? And how did you come up with this arrangement? Because that's also one of the fun parts of it is you can take a song that you've been listening to for years and change it and make it your own. That's really fun to do and share that with people. And so I think if you're just starting out, it's fun to go to things like that and see how people come up with their arrangements and talk to other musicians. I think that will help encourage you to be like, oh, that's something I would really love to do or a level that I'd like to get to when you're just starting with lessons. It's like the story behind the music. And then when mm -hmm. they perform, you have a much more understanding of what took place for them to perform that way. That's the beauty about music. Uh, music is just a way that unites us because it's Absolutely. universal. And talking about united, you love to travel. I love to travel. You have been in so many amazing places that you always have a story for me. And I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. And as far as travel, I think one of the most recent travels that you did that we had the opportunity to talk before 
all this pandemic was uh-huh. what you did in Europe that you end up going to the women national team, the soccer national teams, and you witness our team perform and not only perform but win. Now, this is so exciting for me, as you know. Now, let's go ahead. Let's go back and let's start with the travel. When you decided to do this particular travel in Europe, kind of hybrid backpacking, tell me a little bit more about what took place, the planning, and what you had to do in order to make it happen. It was. Going to a Women's World Cup game has been a dream of mine since I was a kid. I played competitive soccer pretty much my entire life, and that was my first love. So as you know, soccer it has a very big place in my heart. And when I knew the World Cup was coming up into the summer of 2019 and it was going to be in France, I thought it would be so cool to go see it there. And so the first step of planning that trip was trying to find someone to go with me. And so I texted a few friends to see if they'd be interested. One of my good friends who I've traveled with quite extensively, she was kind of like, yeah, sure. Like, let's do it. That sounds good. Then we were kind of figuring out what else we wanted to do other than going to the game. And I had to get tickets. The way that I got tickets was going online through the FIFA website. It wasn't easy to get them. And you pretty much had to kind of hand pick which game to go to. And the tournament hadn't even started at this point, but I went ahead and bought tickets to the final (laughs) thinking, hopefully the U.S. gets there. And if they don't, it'll at least be an amazing World Cup final game in Europe. And European teams love football over there. So I get our tickets and we had decided to do quite a bit of hiking before the game. What we did, we flew into Paris spent about a day and a half there and we went down to like the catacombs my friend and i really enjoyed that and then we saw some we went to like the louvre and some other typical tourist things and then we hopped on the train and went to switzerland it was brindlewald and there was this 10 mile hike up in the swiss alps (laughs) that i my friend let me reserve all of our hiking i don't know why she didn't ask me questions but i was like oh like this won't be that bad Then we get up there and there's just snow everywhere, which I didn't really think about. Yes, the Swiss Alps, there would be snow. And it was 10 miles. It took us about eight and a half hours to hike because we had to go way up into the mountains. And then it was kind of up. And then a lot of it was across to get to this train station that took you back down. And there was just so much snow. And you know, it's like two girls from Texas trying to walk around on snow and we're like, uh-huh. our feet kept falling through it. And at certain points, we we had to like slide down and we were just laughing because people that you could tell were more locals than we were. They looked, they were walking on water on the snow. It wasn't an issue for them. And like I said our feet were like going through every third step and we look like fools, I'm sure. But we finally made it there. And one of my favorite parts of that story is we almost missed the last train that takes you down to the city to kind of take the train back to the town we were staying in. And we almost missed the train. <laughs> And I told my friend, I was like, what would you have done if we missed this train? And she goes, I would have had a complete mental and emotional breakdown. Breakdown. (laughs) She's like, I'm just so tired. And we've been out here for so long. And it was gorgeous. I mean, the views and the scenery were amazing, but it was exhausting. So then we get back to the town that we are staying in, Grindelwald, and we had a pizza. And the semifinal game of the U.S. and England was being played that night. So if we won that game, then we knew we'd be seeing them in Lyon in the final. 
So we get back to the hotel room and we were able to find it on TV. It was being narrated in German. And I was like, it's fine. I see what's happening on the screen. And so I was just pacing around our hotel room and my friend was videoing me. We'd just gotten back from the hike. And so I still looked like a hot mess. But you have to watch the the game. game. And then they ended up winning, which was awesome. Yes. That was the time that we knew, yes, we're going to get to see the U.S. in the final. And my friend sent me the video that she took and she was like, I've literally never seen you act like this. And we've known each other for like 10 years. When the emotions take over, I mean, first of all, you love the game and then you Mm -hmm. get to play the game competitive and to witness once in every four years opportunity to do this. This is fantastic. This is unbelievable because you had to buy your tickets way before you even knew. Yeah. That you had this opportunity to be there. So the moment came, you know you are going, then what happened? I don't think the game was for another two or three days. So then from Grindelwald, we hopped back on the train. And this whole trip, we have small hiking backpacks and then a duffel bag. That's all we were taking around with us because we were hopping just from train to train. And we went to Zermatt, which is where the Matterhorn is. That's what this mountain is. And so this was only like a five mile hike. It was much calmer. So we went up to see that. And then we got on the train to go to Geneva just to spend the night and walk around a little bit. And then the next day we were going to hop on the train to Lyon for the game. So the next day, we go to the train station, take the train from Geneva to Lyon, and something happened to the tracks on that route, and the train is canceled. It's not going there. And there's no other trains going to Lyon. And so you can tell that there's tons of people who are looking for that route, and they're all heading outside to stand in this line. And we're we don't know what's happening, but we're going to go stand in this line. And then they start (laughs) bringing up charter buses for people to get on and we don't really know where these buses are taking us and we're still not entirely sure that this is going to take us somewhere we want to go but everyone else was getting on so my friend and I were like okay well we'll get on too <laughs> so the, I was tracking our route on my phone just to make sure it was taking us into France and not somewhere else in case we needed to hop off I was like I think taking us in the general right direction she like you know we're going like right and we need to go left but it did take us and they dropped us off at some random train train station in France that Ah. had a train that would go to Lyon. And so then everybody was doing a mad dash to buy tickets. And there were other people in soccer gear. So I knew that we were in the right place. You were in the right place. Because you see, when I went to Switzerland and I went to France and all that, it was travel where people go one or two weeks to Europe. It was a long time ago. So this is a lot more of an adventure. I've done trains in other areas Mm -hmm. of Europe and never really had any issues. So I don't know why. And of course, it's like, you know, the day before the game and we're freaking out that we're not going to be able to get there in time. But we did get to Lyon. And what else stressed me out about that is they didn't send me the tickets to the game until like two hours before because we ordered them online. And they told me in the confirmation email, you may not get these until the day of the game. Mm. They didn't tell me that it may not be until two hours because we had to print them out. Um, And so that was like, I woke (laughs) up the next morning and they still weren't there. My friend said, what's your stress level? And I said, it's pretty high right now because our tickets still aren't here. But they did end up coming through and we got them printed out. And then we went to the game and we got there, say, an hour and a half before it started and got in line for the scarf that I've shown you, the game scarf. That was my souvenir. And it started up and they all came out onto the field and I was just on cloud nine because that was 
like a lifelong dream come to fruition, which was so, so cool. So cool. I mean, what was it like you just walking through the gate? Because that's where everything started. The excitement is before that, from the hotel to the game to getting the tickets. That's where our hearts start like, yes, I'm doing this. I can't believe this is happening. When you finally get through those gates and you are towards the sea, what was it like for you? Because I can't imagine what it'd be like for me. What was it like for you? It definitely started, I think, on the bus uh-huh. that we took near the hotel to the stadium because that was all soccer fans. All soccer fans. Okay, got you. We all have the gear on and all of that. So, you know, these are my people. They're the ones. <laughs> we're all going to the game together. And then we got there and they had a local band and they were walking around kind of like a drum line, walking around the stadium doing that in the beginning. And that was really cool. And once we got our scarves, we just wandered around a little bit just to kind of soak in the atmosphere. And they played the Netherlands, which is a big soccer country. And their fans are really cool because they sing songs the whole time. Yes. So that's always so fun. That's what I love about soccer in other countries, that it's such a mecca sport for them. And when they sing songs like that and they chant the whole game, it's fun to watch different countries that have these songs and coordinated chants that they do. So that was really fun to see that. And then we got up to our seats and it was kind of in the upper section near one of the goal lines. You could just see the whole stadium and they had the flags of each team on the field. You could see the Netherlands section and they were all waving flags and dressed in orange. I think I kind of blacked out when we first got there because I was just so <laughs> That's what so would excited. be definitely me. Right there, you see, 100% relatable because it's like, <gasps> and they're like, yes, this is happening. This is actually happening. I can't believe it. Then the game starts and halftime comes and then the win is almost there. How was that moment for you when you were witnessing our women's soccer team making history again? It was awesome. And I think my friend was laughing at me because I think I also lapsed into my critical soccer personality. <laughs> I played the sport my entire life and mm-hmm. I'm very critically and analyze things about yes, it. Yes, yes. Because the whole game was really into it. And then when I think it was Megan Rapino had a PK and it was on the end that we were sitting, it was like right in front of us and everybody was all standing up and then she scored and the whole section just went crazy. Just went crazy. And, and then once... Towards, I would say, the last 15 minutes, you felt pretty secure that the U.S. had it in the bag. They very rarely give up a goal or give up a late equalizer. They're usually pretty good at locking the game down. So I'd say probably 15 minutes left, you kind of started to feel the stadium. (laughs) Okay, we're ready for this to be over. Let's start celebrating. And then they blew the whistle, and then all the players on the bench ran onto the field. The crowd and the whole stadium went crazy. And then we stayed all throughout the trophy ceremony, and then they did a lap around the stadium and they kind of stayed in our section a little bit and everybody was yelling and going crazy and it was so fun. Yeah, because I was watching the game. I was glued to the game and we watched the trophy ceremony, everything that happened afterwards. You were the ones who really had the opportunity to experience that because TV cut off certain things and there's all the things that take place. But when you are in the field, in the moment, that is all the things, the experiences, everything else, the celebration. And it was amazing. It was amazing. From a TV point of view, it was like <laughs> spectacular in person. It's just an experience that you will never forget. When I saw you then after all that, I'm like, I can't believe you did it. You went to the actual championship game. And I was so excited about it. Like, right away, I was, Rosie, look at my scarf. Look at the yes. scarf I got. <laughs> yes, yes, it is done. <laughs> 
And talking about soccer now in Austin, when we both are right now, there is something so exciting about Austin and soccer. Tell me a little bit about it. Yes, we have. I think it's Austin's first professional team in any sport. And the MLS is having a team here, Austin FC. Our first season start playing in April. And then our first home game is in June. And I was able to get two season tickets for that. And as someone who grew up playing soccer in Austin, I love that when they were trying to pick a professional team to bring here, I'm so glad they did soccer. I'm so happy with that. Yes, the entire city is in a festive spirit because this is something that people have been waiting for for a long time. And uh, the stadium and everything is just coming together. And now it's starting in this month. It's an amazing experience. I know you're going to be there. I plan to be there oh, too. Yeah. Because we need to celebrate right here in our city. Absolutely. <laughs> I am so excited. As soon as they released jerseys, I was one of the first people to buy one. I made my parents wear them for our family holiday photo this year. We all wore Austin FC jerseys. <laughs> you see, I believe you. I believe you. And I'm excited about right here the uh, Austin Football Club. And I'm also super excited about the California team, the Angel City Football mm -hmm. Club, because first of all, I love LA, I love Santa Monica, but this team is a historic team for me. So I'm so excited to be a part of that too. And I know someone who also is excited about soccer. I can talk to her about this thing because <laughs> I haven't played that. I did cross country and I did long distance competitively, but soccer, no, I haven't. I am a big fan, but you are on both sides. You're not a performer and you competed, but also you are one of the biggest fans I have known. Yes, I absolutely. You can talk to me about soccer anytime. I'm anytime. always happy to talk about it. Anytime is a good time. So before we conclude this amazing conversation we had, what are some of the tips that you have for someone traveling and if you like to experience to go to another country or even another state? What are some of the tips that you can give that has worked for you? I think the first tip, just because this is a tip someone gave to me in college, one of my favorite professors, if any of the listeners are college age, is if you have an option to study abroad, do that. That was one of my favorite life experiences. I studied abroad in China for a semester my junior year, and I mm. wasn't going to do it. And my favorite professor said it will change your life. You'll love it. And I absolutely did live somewhere like that. Just be completely immersed in the culture instead of going a week or something and then returning home. So I'd say if anybody has the opportunity to do that, that's one of my favorite things that I've ever gotten to do. If you're immersing yourself in a culture that's so different from the one that you're coming from, just embrace it and try as many things as you can. I ate a lot of things. Some of it was pretty good. Some of it wasn't experiences, went to so many museums. Anytime there was a trip that they said, do you want to go on this? It was optional. I always went to just see and experience as much of it as I possibly could. And then as far as the language, there was level of our group that hadn't studied any Chinese. They kind of split us up in beginner level Chinese, intermediate and advanced. And that's how we studied once we got there. And so you'll pick things up and you, know, you learn these are the key things that I need to know to be able to get around. But the longer you're there, the more you'll pick up. My Chinese got so good when mm. I was there. I've lost most of it because I just don't <laughs> use it anymore. It's fascinating to see how quickly you pick it up because you have to. There wasn't an option. And it's so great when you not only immerse yourself in the language, but the culture and you learn about people and about the way they do things and how they do it. It gives you it a does. more understanding of humanity and mm. we become more compassionate also because our way is not the only way. 
that was in your college years. And now what do you use to book your travels, to save money? You go online or what do you suggest for people who say, this is something that I would like to do and this is a time to start planning. What would you suggest to that person? As far as places to stay, Airbnb is usually the cheapest, especially if you're traveling with a group. Those can be really good because everybody can split those and they're usually, you know, like you can get a whole house or something like that, which makes it really easy. When I travel by myself, a lot of my friends have helped me with this because some of them are really big deal hunters. And as far as booking flights, we usually look at three or four different websites. And then it depends on what you're willing to put up with, because sometimes the cheaper flights have a nine hour travel time versus a three or four hour travel time for a little bit more money. And it just depends on what your schedule is and what you're looking to do once you get somewhere. And then I have a couple hotel accounts. And you try to rack up points with those. And same thing with airlines. You try to rack up as many points as you can because you are able to use those down the road. I'm still so impressed. One of my friends, she and her husband were able to use so many points to fly first class to Japan. Wow. That's <laughs> a lot of points. <laughs> so if you're really smart about that, and there's good websites that can help you kind of figure out, you know, these are really good airlines to start saving points. And this is how you can get extra points for things like that, too. So it's really just a lot of research and trial and error. Like, I feel like we still miss out on deals sometimes because I very rarely travel by myself. I usually go with a couple of friends and it's usually a joint effort of all of us researching, looking at different points, and then we'll all kind of book different things, pay each other back and kind of transfer money that way. How long has it taken you to plan a trip like that? Usually doing a rough plan of it, like mm -hmm. a week. Okay. And then finding, you know, this is where we're going to stay. These are the activities. And like, if you're going on a hiking trip, like we've done, you may need to get permits or certain times are only available. So you have to add all that information in. So I'd say like the rough plan about a week and okay. then getting all the finer details in and the timings of everything that can take maybe a month or more. And it just depends how much detail you want. Some people, they'll just book a trip and go and figure it out once they get there. Most of my friends that I go with aren't like that. And they like to have a plan for the entire time we're there, which is fine with me. And that usually that takes time because it's a very detailed. They've sent me Excel charts with multiple tabs of things on there that I have to choose from, yes. so, which is great because then we have a whole plan and we're usually able to fit in quite a lot of things because we have it all planned out like that just depends. I've gone on trips that once I got there, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I went to Belgium by myself a couple years ago and had one thing that I knew I wanted to do. And the rest of it, I was just kind of wandering around. You also have some of your best adventures doing that. And as far as the finances that goes with that, with the currency, the exchanging currency, what do you do to make sure that you budget appropriately? That's one of the good things about planning well in advance. I usually try to do that set a reminder for myself to make sure I have that put away. But yeah, because I mean, we can go online and see the places and read other reviews to make sure that it's a place right. that we want to stay and we see the images. So when you get there, at least you have an idea of what to expect because you and I know and everyone who travels know that always something happens. You have to be flexible, you have to be patient and you need to adapt to whatever comes your way because even that time that we had not too long ago that Texas just froze over. Whoever was here expecting to be 90 degrees, well, that's another story. <laughs> 
So things do happen no matter where we go. We, yeah. It's totally true. Like no matter how well you try to plan, something always happens. Just make sure that your passport, all your papers are in place so right. that <laughs> you can just hop on a plane, on a boat or whatever it is and go. So Cody, before we go, what is next for you? What are you looking forward to in the next uh, few months or in the next year as far as travel and sports goes? Well, as far as sports goes, I'm definitely, Austin FC has their first home game here in June. So I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. And then I don't really have any big trips coming until the fall. My friend, the one who went to Switzerland and France with me, we're trying to plan like a Arizona Grand Canyon hiking trip. Nice. Neither one of us has ever been there. Going to hit up a couple national parks there and do some hiking. And then something I've always wanted to do, because I'm a big golfer as well, is go to North Carolina and play some of the historic courses that are out there. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think my dad and my cousin are going to hop on that trip with me and we're going to go out there for a week. And one of my best friends from college also just moved out there. So I'm going to go get to see her. But yeah, neither one of those Will be until the fall. Hoping by then things are a little more back to normal. Uh, someone in Arizona keep inviting me to go there and to visit and to go hiking and go to Sedona and places like that. And I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. yes. I have friends in Colorado that we know in common. And she's like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, soon, soon. And then, <laughs> and then going through the coast of California. Oh, yeah, and, that's so pretty. Oh, my goodness. You I love just, that. I can't wait. So that's what's uh, in the near future or in the future. Let's see how close it is. But until then, let's keep in touch. Thank you so much for being with us. And I can't wait for us to see in person again. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. Okay, Cody. <laughs> bye now. Bye. What a great time we spent together. Her experiences, music, and travel tips took us to a journey full of possibilities. So as always, thank you for listening. And like, comment, subscribe, and follow us on our socials. And here she is, one more time, Cody.